Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. My name is James and I've got the usual folk including one extra but I'll let Jonathan introduce him. Today we're going to be talking about world events, the end times and a plethora of interesting things. This is very open format today so you may hear us going off the cusp for 10 minutes. You may hear us trying to find a Bible verse real quick and flip it through our Bible but I definitely encourage you to to get your Bible, join us today, grab a cup of coffee, lay in bed, doesn't matter where you're at. Hopefully not in the car, but still, if you are, drive safe. Let's start the episode. Jonathan, how about you take it away? All right. Thank you, James. Um, well, uh, you know, obviously we're here with James and Mason as, as usual, and today we got a special guest here. We have my dad, John Wise, um, and, and he brings with him, uh, you know, uh, years of experience. There we go. Uh-huh. What, what, let's hear that crowd. Come on, pump it up, pump it up. There we go. He's right. trying to see I'm a little older than they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed him to turn it up louder because he couldn't hear it. Yeah, right. Um, but <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, folks, when I was a kid, of course, my dad taught me a lot about the word and end times. Um, you know, he's been that, that, that guidance and, and all of us that gave us that the roots uh, of the Bible and the importance of that. And then as, as young people, we grew up and, you know, and we learned our, for ourselves as well. And, uh, but that's where the seed was planted many, 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 many years ago when I was a little kid. And so dad comes in and he brings his knowledge of, you know, end times and study. And, uh, you know, we, we love to sit down and study the word and we spar all the time on that. You know, we agree to disagree on some spots and that's good. But at the end of the day, we continually get deeper into the word and we're always looking for prophecy to be fulfilled. And so that's, that's the knowledge that's coming in here today. And he's got a lot of different uh, things he's been watching that's going on in the world, uh, things that aren't in the news and things like that. So, um, Dad, uh, say hello to everyone out there. Well, hello to everyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's got a lot of dad jokes, too. So we've got some sound effects to help counter that. But <laughs> yep, oh, is that one? And, give, and then we have that. Yeah. And then we have that one, too. Absolutely. I'll try to refrain from and I'm, And I, I feel like I'm going to take a different approach than than Jonathan and Mason here. I'm, I think I'm going to try and ask you some questions almost in the mindset of a non-believer as we go through, just to try and pick your brain more than a Christian talking to a Christian, just because I've been there. I've had these questions. So I'm really excited to get moving. And it really, it starts with the news, right? It this, starts with the news. Yeah. And, and, and maybe... I don't know. Should should we start out with Matthew twenty four just to set the precedent? Yeah, yeah. Let's and do then that. We're, then we're going to rattle off all kinds of news from there. I mean, yeah. all kinds of good stuff. Now, listen, folks, hang on. Yes, it's going to be a bit of a long reading here, but it's important because it really sums up everything that's going on and everything that we need to be paying attention to. And I'm actually going to go ahead and start with verse uh, chapter twenty four, Matthew twenty four. I'm going to start with verse one. And the reason why I'm going to start there is this also set the precedent for some of the prophecy that's coming of the third temple. And this is how we know uh, that we, we have a, uh, a third temple uh, coming because number one, there was two and destroyed and so on. So we still need a third. And here we go. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all of these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be withdrawn down. So as we as we understand, he's sitting there looking at the temple. That was the second temple at that time. And understand that that temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. So his prophecy literally was fulfilled. And then, of course, as he speaks later on, we'll find out, you know, 
why there has to be another temple, and that's because there's the other part of the prophecy, the abomination of desolation. So uh, anyways, we go to verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him and privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and when shall the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Right. Fair question. I think everybody wants to know that. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. So this this very well is people that literally are saying, yeah, Jesus is Christ and so on. But yet. They're twisting scripture, right? And can deceive people very easily. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear wars, rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay? And, and anyone can say, right? We can say, well, well, there's always been wars, rumors of wars, but not, not to the level of what you have today. And nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places. These are the beginning of the sorrows. Um, and we'll see with some of the news clips we have here, you know, Africa is dealing with the worst locust plague in like forever, but all these pestilence will add up, right? And then so, and they shall deliver you to be, now this is important, okay? As a Christian, I always hear them say things like, oh, I don't have anything to worry about. Listen, man, Jesus warned you, you do have a lot to worry about. As, as far as what's going to happen to you while you're here. Listen, when you get to heaven, you're all, in, <laughs> you're in the safe zone. But until then, we talk about uh, you know, being here on earth and, and what we'll have to put up with. And what was that, James? No, I was just going to say that, yes, you have nothing to worry about because you are with Christ. You're eternal with Christ. So anything that can happen to you, you don't have to worry about. But it doesn't you mean still have a hurt. fleshly body. Yes, it <laughs> will hurt. I mean? Yes. So then here's in verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So, folks, here's Jesus telling you what the end is going to be like. So if you think it's warm and fuzzy for Christians, I encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bible and look for the verses. They don't exist. And then shall many of, this is number 10 here, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now, listen, if you watch politics or you watch the news and you look on Facebook or anywhere else, it is rampant. It is the worst I've ever seen in all of our history, okay? Everyone seems to hate everyone and betray one another. It happens every day, literally on the news, right? And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. You know, uh, we were talking the other day uh, in our last podcast about, you know, the, the false things happening in church and we were, you know, looking to define the difference between like real tongues, fake tongues and how the Bible teaches uh, us about that. And so we we'll also have false prophets and people who falsely prophesy, you know, they edify themselves, but they also turn people away from God because it was never a real prophecy. And so that's very dangerous stuff. Um, and let's see here. And because, and this is verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, love of many shall wax cold, which you can see that today. People are very cold-hearted. Uh, people, somebody be getting their, their butt beaten. People don't even care anymore. It's just a very violent world we live in. Um, in verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom that shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So the word of God Folks, so those of you who are anti-God, you know, that are out there, I got news for you. This word's going into all the end of the world, and then the end's going to come. Um, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. And neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. I'm going to pause there for one second real quick, because in verse 15, it talks about the abomination of de de desolation standing in the holy place. 
Remember, he said that second temple was going to get torn down, which it was in 70 AD. The temple's got to be built again so this abomination can stand in the temple and compete, complete the prophecy. So that is what we are looking for. And if you're Googling, Google third temple. It's a hot button topic. These, the Jews want it now. They want it now. And guess what? You do too. Because when it goes in, it's like the time clock is getting punched. Here it goes. We're watching the last bit of prophecy unfold before our eyes. Um, and in verse 19, and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days, right? If you have children or you're breastfeeding, this is not going to be easy time for you, but pray ye that your flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Then for then shall be a great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the very elect's sake, those, those days shall be shortened. Now, just in, in just a quick note on that, understand what he's saying, that if he does not cut the day short, there won't even be a Christian left to save. Okay, so you will be an extreme minority. There'll be a lot of fake Christians. Okay, that's the other side of it. You might think, oh, there'll still be a lot of Christians. Well, there's gonna be a lot of fake Christians. We're talking about really who will be saved. And the true Christians, there's, they're almost going to be non-existent at, at this point. Uh, so you will be a minority. Um, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, there is, here's Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch, if it were possible, that they shall deceive the very elect. So this is some very uh, wicked uh, temptation and uh, uh, deception that the devil is doing. And behold, I have told you before. So he's saying this again. Remember this. I have told you this. Okay. This is literally what's going to happen. And wherefore, if they say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. Okay, and that was at, at, at verse 26. And so I think it, right now as we're looking at that, let me see here. That's probably a good spot uh, to stop there because if we get into the rapture and other things that come after that, which is great, and we have uh, uh, verses, um, or excuse me, we have teachings on that. You can go into the Mark of the Beast and Rapture teaching under our affinity videos and, and take a look closer into more of the rapture that's there. And uh, But here, I'm going to skip down real quick here in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, and marrying, giving in marriage and uh, taking marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the son of man be. So understand that, you know, through the scripture, we're talking about how chaotic, right? Our world, our globe is going into pulling God out continually. And that there's going to be plenty out there partying it up like, oh, you Christians are nuts. You're crazy. You don't know. We can literally watch the prophecy unfold before our eyes, but they're going to miss the boat, literally miss the boat. And they will be captured basically away into the abyss, right? They're going to be taken down into the pit and ultimately to the lake of fire and face judgment. So as we heard all of this chaos, now you got to start saying, okay, let me take my eyes right here out of the word. We just read all that. What's going on in our world today? Um, and that's uh, and, and everything you said. <laughs> exactly everything. And so as we start, you know, as we're watching the news articles, if you're, you know, if you're worried about like, oh, gee, what happened to Kobe or whatever, you're wasting your time. Okay. Kobe did. Um, 
it, it's just the way it is. And it's not to be harsh. You know, I pray that he is with the Lord, period. Mm-hmm. That's what's most important uh, more than anything, right? Our time here is not guaranteed. And if it's any lesson to anyone that should wake them up and tell them, am I right with the Lord? Because if Kobe dies, right? Well, I can die. Yeah, no kidding. We have a mortality rate, right? And it's 100%. Um, so it's very important that we, we get ourselves ready because tomorrow's not guaranteed. But while we're here, life life can be stressful, right? Can be boring um, for some uh, or maybe too, many, too much interesting for others. But if we start to focus on God and his prophecy, right? Prophecy edifies the church, the Bible says. That's what makes this Bible real to people. A Bible that's just a book of stories for people who don't believe, they don't really care, right? It's just a book. It would be kind of what would come across. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, before James was saved, right? You know, you remember it was just a book until we got into and realized that it's a living word. But also we have prophecy that's unfolding, including the mark of the beast in that third temple. So we want to watch those things as they're unfolding before us, because that's literally going to validate your New Testament right there before your eyes. And if you want to be willfully ignorant, it doesn't matter, right? No amount of evidence will change an idiot's mind. That's just the way it is. But when you're pointed out to those things very cleanly, now you can watch and you might not get saved today. Maybe you decide you're going to put it off. And if you're blessed enough to be here alive long enough to start to see it unfold or you go, hey, what those guys said, I see it now. And once you see it, you cannot not see it. It's very, very evident. So uh, if you're spending your time searching Google searches, look for things like Third Temple, Mark of the Beast, these sorts of things that were are relevant to that 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 prophecy. Um, but uh, you know, recently I know uh, we had what the the peace deal that was uh, tossed out there, and of course, you never really expect that stuff to go very far. Um, but this peace deal is also a, a part of prophecy as well, right? And it's important to understand it's been tried many times. This is been one of the more, I would say, aggressive ones that have been placed out there. Is it perfect? No. Are the Palestinians happy? Absolutely not. Um, But again, as we get closer and closer and more concessions are made and more thoughts are poured in, at some point that peace deal's going to happen. And that right there begins the covenant. And how that falls into is that does it going to happen just before the building of the third temple? Is it going to happen right about the time of the third temple? Exactly. Hard to say. But we, my guess is it's going to be very near the time of the third temple being constructed, if not be part of yeah. that, that whole thing. There'll be a treaty and then, hey, let's all build the temple. Together, the, all happy. The talk <laughs> is, is it's a world worship temple holy place. And that's what everyone's trying to do is make it all warm and fuzzy. And it's funny because when you read, you know, in Daniel, it talks about how many will go there to worship their God and it's lowercase G wasn't God, the father, but their God. And so it's going to be a little bit of a a twisted use. And that's uh, the prime minister of Israel came out and saying, said that he wants it to be a place Jerusalem to be a place where anybody can come, whether you're Muslim, you're Jewish or you're Christian. Now, that probably would include others, too. Those are the three main ones. So everyone could pray in harmony and in peace. So that talk is already in that peace plan. That its idea is already centered there. Yep. It's just a matter of, again, the, the plans have to be put out there. And at some point, it will begin the talking point of, all right, we have a good start. Now, now what concessions need to be made to just go ahead and agree upon this? Um, and, and again, it could become come together very... Um, calmly without any war but it hard to say it may end up taking somewhat of a war or palestinians uh, you know israel attacks palestine we don't know 
ultimately what will bring that peace treaty, but we know we're getting close. Um, and so all I could say is, people, hang on to your hats. A peace treaty, third temple, mark of the beast, like we're in the last 5% five, 5 of Bible prophecy right now. Literally the last 5%. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, we've been buffering for like the last 2,000 years, so it's going it's <laughs> well, to come to what, a close. What's, what's amazing is, folks, is understand that the Mark of the Beast message, which is why it's one of our hallmark pieces, was not possible until today's technology. We needed today's technology to make the Mark of the Beast prophecy possible and true um, that, you know, there could be absolute global control over money. And the only way that gets there is not by cash, it's by digitizing and removing cash. And um, I study the movement of money. I am a cryptocurrency person. I've got my Bitcoins, I've got Ethereum, I've got HPB, I've got Pro, I've got all, you know, several that I think will do well. Um, but ultimately, why was I studying and looking at Because I'm looking for the mark of the beast to be possible. And I know we're going cashless, and so I was looking for methods and things that they're going to utilize to ultimately get us all comfortable with being cashless. Our smartphones needed to be here to make it all possible. Um, the, the grid that we have and our GPS, all that sort of stuff needed to be here to be possible. I mean, right now, I can send, and, and this is funny, because I'll get people right here in America, but like, oh, tsk. That's like never gonna happen. The, the, the gentleman in our small group didn't believe you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I laugh because Which, literally here, 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 here he is. He's like, you know, thinking like, oh yeah, that how's that gonna happen? Like, I don't really even know how to use that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you've got, you know. <laughs> Rich privilege, right? You're in a first world country and, and you could press a button to get food delivered to your house in two seconds, but you don't think a mark for transactions is going to go in your hand? Like, where are you from, right? You got to think a little bit deeper than that. But I can send money right now, Bitcoin. So right here, a person that's educated in this country has access to everything and has no clue, how do I use a Bitcoin? Meanwhile, I can send it right now to a man in the middle of the jungle in Africa, Okay, you want to talk about that? And I'm talking about Zulu, Zulu. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, he knows how to get Bitcoin right now. If I, <laughs> if I, if I call David, brother Jonathan, and, and I love his, his talk, you know, brother Jonathan, you know, I can send him right now, coin, and he can get that. So understand that we don't need, and they don't need the infrastructure. This is the reason why. The internet infrastructure. Well, well the, not even that, but. Understand before cash needed banks. You don't need banks with cryptocurrency. They don't exist anymore. As long as he could get a, a hold of a smartphone, he could transact. Or not even a smartphone, as long as he could get to a library somewhere, somehow. I don't care if it's a three-hour three, three hour road trip. As long as he could get to a connection, they can move money, right? Any day of the week. Yep. So now what they used to call the underbanked, the areas, well, we don't have any banks. How could we go cashless? You don't, you don't need the banks anymore. And so that was the movement of Bitcoin that I was watching. I'm going, wow, now we can expand the beast's power, right? Not we, but the world can expand the beast's power into areas that would have been considered so remote and desolate. And now the, the beast's fingers has reached that far, period. So Americans, if you don't understand all this cashlessness and stuff, I, I recommend you really get hip to it quick because if not, you're going to get left in the dirt quickly because literally, I, I, my guess is within seven years, our state here, right here, United States is going to be cashless based on what we're seeing right now. China introduced their crypto, uh, I wouldn't say cryptocurrency, it is crypto based, but digital currency, and that is a huge economy. So now as they're testing that, you know, that once they bashed all this, right? It's illegal, it's illegal. Now they're trying to gather all the Bitcoin that they can, and now they're pressing out their digital currency. 
Meanwhile, Beijing goes cashless this year. South Korea goes cashless this year. Um, uh, Sweden and all that stuff, Switzerland rather, is right on the cusp as well. They've been testing the, the chip in the hand technology. They've been testing it before anyone else was, okay? So there's tens of thousands of people that have already received the mark of the beast, folks. Tens of thousands. And this is a transactional device. And I've heard people try to put some weird spin on this and be like, oh, it's just, it's how you worship. That's the mark. It's a... <laughs> yeah, Sunday worship. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, guys, um, listen, read the Bible. Slow down. Let's not, let's not take what is simply written and then turn it into some fornicated version of whatever. It is a transaction. It is a transactional situation that's used to buy and sell. So when we see that, we understand what are we using to buy and sell? We use chips all day long. Go to the store. I got pictures on my phone when I go there, right when they were first starting to do the chips at the registers, and it says, we take the chip, okay? <laughs> I had to take a picture of it because this is literally what we're coming to. So all your grocery stores are already ready to read your hand, by the way. They don't got to change any of those. It's the same technology. So if you're being smart enough to understand that literally, let's say 20 years ago, if you were to take a graph just from only 20 years ago and say, okay, you know, the, the amount of peak cash people carried and what they spent, and you put that on a graph, you would see we are going cashless. You don't, I don't care if whether you're a Christian or not, you know we're going cashless. It, it just makes sense from all directions. So as we look, we, we understand that this prophecy has been unfolding since the 60s, okay? Mark of the Beast has been here since the 60s. And as we watch that unfold, we're going, okay, well, those chips that are in everything, all they have to do is slide it off the card, right? right into your hand and you're literally a walking bank. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. And it's the mark of the beast. So it's very important to understand that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my rant uh, there. but um, It feels good though, right? Let's get no, it out. It is. It feels good to talk about it because, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the real deal. You know, and there's a lot of verses that talk about what will you give in exchange for your soul, right? If you don't have oil in your lamp ahead of time, you're going to be putting yourself in a very, very, very tough spot. Because as we read, when that abomination is standing in the holy place, what did he say? Did he say, take some time and think about it? Did he say, you're going to be okay? Did he say, life is good? Flee. Flee means to drop, drop trial and run. You're naked, run naked. It don't matter. Like flee means to flee. And, and. That's the one time in the, in the word where you can understand that this moment is critical for your survival, right? At that point, you probably, as a Christian, would not want to be visible to anybody else at that moment because Christ didn't say, stay put and carry the gospel even at that moment. He said, flee, <laughs> okay? And then you'll see other scriptures in Revelation about going into the mountains and having a place prepared of God ahead of time, and God will use, use the land to protect you. So... We, we see time, when we get to those times, there will be a time to, to pull away, but to really keep yourself and your family protected, um, which is what I recommend. If you're not planning, listen, there's a storm coming, a big storm. If you're not planning for it, I'm going to tell you right now, don't complain about it. When you're, when you're losing, you think you're tough, you can handle it or whatever. Well, when you're freezing, you're cold, you're wet, you're starving, and you realize that you had all kinds of time to do something about it and you didn't, that regret is going to weigh heavily on your soul. Right. And the basis of that message, folks, is just be prepared, not scared. Yeah, it's not, and it's not a fear thing, by the way. I'm, I'm not a fear monger at all. I, I absolutely love the fact that I'm living in the time of, of prophecy coming true. I mean, that is amazing. Because imagine all the people before us, they're like, I don't see it yet. Yeah, someday, someday, someday. It's all far off. So for them, it was like a dream, you know what I mean? And now for us, we're living it. Like, dude, I'm, I'm part of history. 
what do you call that? The future history. I'm part of future history, like literally in the Bible, part of prophecy. And, and to kind of just keep everything rolling, I wanted to ask you a question when I, we first started was, you know, you've obviously had the Bible, been reading the Bible, been, been a He's faithful. talking to the old guy now. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I just pointed. I didn't mean to do that. But, uh, you know, you've, you've known of these things for yes. a long time, correct? Right. So did you ever have a feeling, let's say, 30 years ago, like, this is it, this is the time? Or did you just never really? It's funny you should ask that because as Jonathan was speaking there, I, I was just thinking of that. I was thinking about uh, back in the 70s and early 80s things, uh, these different Christian guys were writing books, uh, Late Great Planet Earth, uh, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Happened in 1988, et cetera, yep. et cetera. And uh, most of these people thought they had some answers and thought they had some interpretations that were uh, given to them, you know, through God. And they, thought they, they thought they understood the truth, but they really just didn't have it all down. They were trying to fit the scenario of things into the time that we were living in and trying to make it conform to what we had known at the time. I mean, people were still making movies that you have a tattoo on your forehead for the mark of the beast and stuff, you know. And right. We've come to realize that it's not even going to be uh, that. It's definitely going to be the chip. I would bet the farm on that. So you one. never so, had something where you were like, that's it. This is, this is where it's going to head. This is where it's well, going to be. Because of those books and people that – now, I was a younger Christian. And, uh, you know, my thing at the time was that these guys are smarter than me. I'm not as educated in the book as they are. I've read the book. I've read the whole book and read some parts over and over. But I was still a young Christian and relying that they knew more than I did. So that, I, I was easily, it was easy for me to believe their story. It was in your head, but it was never like a pressing matter like it is today. I, I did always have little things that was saying, you know, I don't really think I'm reading it quite like that. You know, for instance, mm, the see. rapture even, you know, was... Uh, I've always had always believed that the rapture is going to happen and we're all going to be gone and everybody else is going to be, you know, left <laughs> holding the bag. You know, we're, we're going to be sitting back eating popcorn, watching them all suffer, you know. Yeah. And uh, but that's what I was being taught, you know, and, and that's that's not necessarily what was the truth at the time or still is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was uh, a lot of things going on like that at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and that's true to it. And I'm going to say the same thing. And I've said that before is that. Growing up, we were told things, but but it, it kind of made sense. But truthfully, it's like as you read and you study deeper, what I've learned today, and it, and if I could go back, you know, I, I'd walk into my you know Bible class when I, in my school and I'd smack my my Bible teacher once just to, just to wake him up. Psh! You know what I mean? Like, thanks for regurgitating. I thought you were a studier of the word. Like, when you said the Lord could come back any day, you were wrong. You were so wrong for saying that because the prophecy has to be fulfilled. You can't just throw God in there and say, oh, he's coming back any day, and prophecy still has to be fulfilled according to the word. It's like you can't overrule, and you can't pray away prophecy. <laughs> any it's got to happen. Any day, dot, 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 after <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, what's funny is, 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 as you were saying those things, as people try to make it fit to those things, and I was telling James, I'm like, yeah, they've got puzzle pieces and they go to stick it together and it, and it doesn't go. So they pull out the scissors and they trim the edges off and then they, they make it sound to people like that. Like, oh no. Yeah. See, and they trim the edges enough to where you're like, oh, okay. 
I think that makes sense. I, I'm pretty sure. And then when you get to study in the Word and you're, you really do read, especially all through the New Testament, you get so many confirmation right through the New Testament about where the rapture occurs, right? When it occurs and what occurs before then and what has to happen before the rapture can take place. So once you know those things, and again, you can watch the Mark of the Beast and Rapture video. Once you know those and all of the, the, the scripture that's there without twisting it, you're like, oh goodness, you know, these guys were really good at regurgitating what they've been taught and so on, you know? And we were just talking about this before the start of the podcast is it has to be like the days of Noah. And Mason, you had said that you wanted to say a few things on that. You know, back in the 70s, let's say, you wouldn't, you may have said, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, that the the, the latest generation is really evil, defile their, but but it's not like it is today. Would, would you agree with that? Uh, not as exposed as it is today. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the same evils were there. But not as, yeah. It's yeah. just not in the headlines. It wasn't like it was the... The preferential lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask Mason was, can you just kind of elaborate on what the days of Noah were and how it can kind of be related to how today is? Right. So I want to clarify on, on some things that I've been hearing pushed out of uh, certain beliefs for Christianity um, that when people see that uh, phrase as the days of Noah were, you know, people like to extrapolate it and turn it into oh, the Nephilim, the giants of Genesis chapter six are returning. And the thing is that that's just not true. There's no scriptural evidence for that. Um, I've seen other people uh, take the Greek translation in Isaiah where it says giants are coming to fulfill my wrath. But little do you know that the uh, word giants in the Greek, the word giant is also used to describe angels as well. And we know that in New Testament scripture, the angels will pour out the wrath of God. Right. Hmm. So, no, the giants are not going to come back. However, when it says, as the days of Noah were, you will see a lot of very similar laterals and what was happening in the days of Noah, that they were eating, drinking, and marrying, and then the end fell upon them. And as we see in, in Revelation with, with the beast and the false messiah that will be coming, that it's not going to be this apocalyptic scenario where everyone's like, oh, wow, it's going to end any time now. No, 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 no. For Christians, we're going to know that yeah, the Christians end is coming. Christians will be us, right. For the rest of the world, they have no clue. Right. The rest of the world's going to be like, wow, this is it. This you, is the golden age. The golden age, baby. Right. You remember the, the people, they, they thought Noah was crazy, right? When he was right. talking about, listen, the flood is coming. I'm building this huge ark, and you know, you guys need to be in here. They thought, it, they mocked him, made fun of him, right? When it, So when it says, like just like in the days of Noah as well, Christians are mocked and made fun of all the time. In this past year, in 2019, I watched major news stations like CNN, MSNBC, and all those guys literally make fun and mock Christians that were praying for those who were shot in a school shooting. And they mocked God. It was blasphemous. I couldn't stand what I was hearing. But literally, when that makes it to mainstream, you have to read the writing on the wall. If you think you're safe and secure as a Christian right here in the United States, you are fooling yourself. Your persecution is coming. So in the end here, you know, Christians are going to be mocked and made fun of just like they were on uh, CNBC, MSN, or uh, MSNBC and uh, CNN and stuff. You know, your prayer is being mocked. They're mocking God openly on TV. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing in my eyes. This is supposed to be the news. They're supposed to just tell you 
about what's happening, not tell you how to think. And it's just horrible. Now you you watch the news, they're going to tell you how to think, and you got to figure out if it's even real, right? Um, so it's horrible the times that we're in. The deception is the highest it's ever been in our time. And if anything you've seen in the last year, you've seen how deceitful the media is. They have an agenda to push, and that's, that's the stuff that we are going to experience. So I can tell you, you need to keep your mind clear, soak in the word, but be prepared to be ridiculed. If you're a weak Christian, what will you give in exchange for your soul? Be careful. You need to be strong, surround yourself with strong Christians, and, and start having your plan for the next steps because you're going to need a strong support system going through the end times. It is, as we read, <laughs> it's not going to be good for you. And if you think it is, I want you to pull the scripture. Don't tell me you think or you feel because I could care less. You want you to dig up the Bible and want you to show me where you think in end times that you're going to be fine because I'm going to show you a ton of verses that are going to tell you otherwise, okay? And, and to go beyond that, I don't care what you think, Jonathan. You know what exactly. I mean? Like people exactly. may think, like, "Oh, we just we're all in this inner circle." I don't care what anybody at this table thinks. Right? I care what's in the, the word. word. In the word, absolutely. absolutely. And I, one of the first times we were together, you know, you 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 asked me, right? Why should I? You you said to me, you said, Jonathan, why should I? Why should I trust you? And I said, Don't trust me. Don't trust me. Freaking put me on my butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't trust me. It, it, it's literally, it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, of course, you know, in general, you can trust me. But literally, when it comes to people speaking about what God wants, what the Bible says, you, if you want to trust, you got to verify. Fact, you have to go checked. to the Word. If you don't read it in the Word, it doesn't exist, okay? It doesn't matter anymore. It's just men making up their own, their commandments of men, right? The rudiments of the world. Um, Mason, what do you got to put on there? So... Anyways, to finish up on uh, as the days of Noah were, so again we're going to see a lot of uh, lateral, uh, lateral meanings and a lateral, uh, a lot of very similar things that are going on today that reflect as it was in the days of Noah. And one of those things now, when they when people go off about the whole Nephilim and giants returning, no, it's not going to happen. But what is interesting though is that in Genesis chapter six there was a genetic corruption that happened to the human race, and now we look into what modern science is doing with cross. Uh, species hybrid hybrid uh, hybridization. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but you are. <clears throat> so we're seeing uh, that. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, they're messing it up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, we're fudding. I'm fudding up. Um, so, anyways, uh, we see like in Chinese labs where they're splicing human and monkey DNA, or human and reptilian DNA, or growing human organs inside of uh, inside of pigs, inside of pig embryos. It's 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 really weird it's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. You're not. That's not what they're meant to do. You cannot do that naturally. It has to happen at a very microscopic DNA level for them to be able to do this. And evolutionists are liars, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> they literally think like evolution is king, you know. And it's funny because they all run around trying to change climate, trying to save species. It's like, um, did you say all this happened on its own in the first place? And it's been billions of years. If that's the case, I'm pretty sure it knows exactly what it needs to do to survive. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And, yeah. And, and what I like to well, ask and them, And they're, they're trying to put their own intelligence into the creation to yeah. save it. It's like... Let's put my name in there. Are you <laughs> saying that creation can exist without some intelligence being put behind it? <gasps> Is that what you're doing? Interesting. And then, yeah. And then they have to do all this uh, in a lab to be able to cross species. But, uh, you know, according to them, somehow uh, whales... We're born from cows. Yeah. I'm like, oh well, can you, uh, you know, can you, can you recreate that in the lab for us? Can <laughs> they, can they still interbreed today? No, no, they can't. Most definitely, most definitely. So if I could just it? throw in a comment yeah, on, yeah, uh, yeah. on that, um, uh, as the days of Noah were, the the theme of this part of the uh, discussion, um, 
Jesus, I think, was trying to put out front one or two things, especially as that uh, in the days when he's going to return, all the things that's going on, people are not going to believe what they're being told. We're trying to tell them right now what's going on, but they're not going to, a lot of people's not going to believe it. As simple as that. They'll just go on eating and drinking and marrying and everything. And life is just, uh, you know, a big lily for them. So, uh, and on top of that, he's, by saying that, uh, they're going to be eating and drinking and giving in marriage. He's trying to let you know that they're at ease about you, it. Yeah, the, the day is going to be kind of normal. When you read Revelations and, and things, uh, different prophecies about what's going to happen in the end, a lot of times you'll get the impression that it's, it's okay, happening it's so yeah. worldwide that no one is escaping anything that's going on at the time, whether it be the persecution or certain wars, things like this. But it's Obviously, if you're going to have a system that's got the, the mark and you're spending money and you're getting married and all these things are going on, there's going to be a sense of normality going on in the yes. world still. Yes. So which shows you that the things can be going on and a lot of people really won't believe it because they're not really seeing it because it's not really happening directly to them. The word isn't real to them. Yeah. So they think, oh, no, that's just happening in India or that's just happening in Africa or that's just happening in the Middle East and things like this. I, I so, know men are overlooking yeah, prophecy so they, that's already taken they'll place. Just, yeah, they'll just brush it off like, yep. hey, you know. So he's telling us right there in those couple of verses that, yes, they will be a lot of non-belief and not listening to you. And, you know, no, it took a long time to build that boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he that's believed what right he, there. he believed no. what he was doing. You know, that's dude, right. that's the biggest. Everybody, everybody's telling you no, 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 and you're like, well, I'm gonna just keep building it. <laughs> right. Yep. That's why I'm building the ark yeah. <laughs> on dry land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the so, other uh, thing, the other yeah. thing that you can see, unless you had something to keep uh, on going, it, is just the the fact that there's a bunch of fear mongering with this coronavirus. It's it's a lot of corruption, but at the same time, it's a lot of distraction. Well, you know, the, the governments have figured out very well how to control people that's in general. Exactly. And that's exactly what it does because, listen, listen and it's funny because I heard people just in, in a casual conversation even say, you know, see, when, when sickness comes around, all political problems go away and people bond together. And yeah, they get docile and they sit down and shut up. That's exactly what they do out of fear of death. In this case, they get quarantined. Or quarantined. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. even like by choice. They're yeah, they made got, to do those, it. Those cities literally got barricaded in, folks, by the way. So if you think <laughs> that things couldn't turn sour in one day in your region, just let me tell you right now, as these prophecies come to fold, oh, it could. So if you think you have tons of time to just even be prepared as a human being. Let's let's stop for a moment. Let's let's just forget, you know, rapture's coming and end times is coming, all this sort of, just stop as a human being, the lack of preparation, it will be the death of you and it'll be a slow death. Okay? It's not gonna be a fast death. You could pray for the bullet to hit your head and make <laughs> sure it happens quickly. <laughs> but it's a slow and painful death that you will not like. If you've ever watched Naked and Afraid, right? That's only twenty one days. And to watch them literally lose their marbles over tw- just 21 days. I'm going to tell you right now. And they know that they're going to get out. And, and, they, yeah, and they actually have the hope that it stops. So just let me tell you right now, if you're not prepared, then you should be scared. So you need to step forward and just be in preparation. It's called right acting in faith, but it's also just common sense. The average person, they tell you from a financial standpoint, should have six months right, of money stored. So what do you think that means about food, water, and shelter? Which, by the way, you can have all kinds of money stacked, but you can't eat it, okay? When the tan- Titanic was sinking, uh-huh. um, that money didn't do so well. You can Give eat it. Give me enough ranch, and I will eat that money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. I'll tell you what, but it, it, it'll clean you out on the inside, too. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the point is, is just, just natural preparation for life's messes that can happen makes sense. 
But on top of that, as Christians, you really need to understand how, how important it is for you to be prepared for these things, that it's not just some wild speak. As a Christian, either you believe in the Bible or you don't. Don't tell me you're a Christian, but don't believe in the Bible because they, they go hand in hand. That is God's word. In fact, you would not know God without his word, period, period. Without the word, you don't know him. And you can't be selective and say, well, I believe in this in the Bible, but I don't believe in that. That means you don't believe in God's word. So belief in God means this is his word. This is how we learn about him. This is how we learn what we do. This is how we learn about Jesus, his forgiveness, and how we actually get to heaven, why he sent Jesus. So without this, your, your words are void. At the end of the day, without the word of the Lord, your words are void. So you need to have that in you, and that's what, that's what increases faith. I mean, the more you've learned from the Bible, right, the more your faith has grown oh, tremendously, tenfold. tremendously, and, and that's what's important. And unfortunately, most people are missing out on those pieces. Um, but, uh, you know, what else is going on, you know, in the news today that you've been uh, catching out there, Dad? I mean, what have, what have you seen that kind of strikes a pose to you that, you know, you just want to point out? Because I know the mainstream doesn't show us everything, you know? Well, um, there's hundreds of things, actually, <laughs> but if I want to just break it down to a couple of uh, individual things here, uh, we're on Matthew 24, so I'd like to start with the top of uh, the verse there, after Jesus uh, mentioned to him that the stones were going to all be knocked down from the temple there, um, they asked him what was the sign of his coming in the end of the world, and he said the first thing to them was to make that sure that no man deceives you, for many will come in his name, saying he is the Christ, and they will deceive many, and they will also be beating the drums of the end is near. Right. And, uh, you know, he, right there in a nutshell, uh, put YouTube out in front for everybody, because that's what's going on today. You can go on YouTube or on the Internet and find thousands of videos of people that are, uh, professing to be Christians, professing Jesus to be the Christ, professing the end is near, and they're giving you the wrong interpretations of what's going to be happening. So, you know, they may not be intentionally trying to deceive you, but they are deceiving you and they're deceiving themselves when they don't study enough and they don't let God really put those words in their heart and the interpretations. Um, you know, Back in Daniel's day, there was a, a big problem with being able to interpret dreams and things, you know, but God gave him the interpretations, and they were correct, and that's why he's in the Bible. Right. So <laughs> If um, they were wrong, I ain't, I ain't putting you in. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't going in if you don't have the right interpretation. Right. So um, it, it, that's one of the things we really need to watch out for. It's a great sign of the, the next things in Matthew 24 coming along. Um, when we get down the page a little bit there, I'd like to make some comments on the nation against nation. But for this moment, if you got anything uh, to well, add to that. Basically what you said on the two, by the way, yes, um, I have Mason and I both always have come up against other, you know, YouTubers um, and other folks. And, and I'm going to tell you, first of all, OK, you know, as Affinity Christian Ministries, I'm not on here to be right. OK, let's just be very clear. I'm not here to claim that I know everything in the Bible and every phase and every piece perfectly, piece by piece. I do know what the Lord has put in me because I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, and I study with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, my study is not, what does this guy say? What does that guy say? What does this seminary school say? I absolutely refuse, okay, to go to there because I did not want my mind polluted. I said, Lord, if I'm going to dig down and read this word, number one, you gave me this word. 
this word was written for everybody, not just for some theologian or Bible scholar. This was written for me. And if, and if first of all, I'm intelligent enough to read and understand what the Lord has in there. In fact, I find, un- unfortunately, that all the people that I, throughout my life that were, you know, uh, preachers of this or, or teachers of that, that, I found out that they were just regurgitation. They literally went and got their little seminary degree and they were told what to say and they come out and repeat it. And then when you sit down to really get into Bible study, they're lost. They're absolutely lost. They couldn't talk on these things that I talk on most of the time to save their life. And that's, uh, and it made me upset to think I really thought, right, they had the, that the, the true knowledge. Um, but anyways, these other guys that are on YouTube, what I, what I'm, what I have issues with. It's not like, well, I don't, I don't agree with this part or that part. It has nothing to do with that. My focus is making sure that when I teach you something, when I teach you something, the word, I'm using the word there that I'm confirming with multiple parts of the Bible and things like that. But also I'm looking for the things that will put your soul in the lake of fire. Okay. So little things that don't add up to that. I'm not concerned about the little fine details of every little step. And I've watched guys, as Mason would say, you, you study yourself stupid, stupid, didn't you, you know? Um, and, and essentially they try to find, make every single part of the Bible fit their narrative and their story. So they feel like comforting themselves, right? I'm not here to comfort myself. In fact, I'm always looking to be, uh, you know, tell, show me something I didn't learn already. Um, but when someone says something like, oh, the mark of the beast is over, you know, that was in 70 AD. Uh, Revelation. I love how you Where's that funny little sound effect you got? There? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Let me let me let me just tell you something right now. All right, yeah, I hate to shatter your dreams, but I'm going to do it, okay? Um the reality is, you know, that right there is dangerous. So I will when I I will go up so, against someone else that is quote unquote stepping out in the name of God to teach people and then they're literally going to lead them right over the cliff. It's a blind leading the blind, and it's dangerous because to say to someone oh that part of revelation it's over and you have nothing to worry about and I've seen this time and time again and I look at them, I said, are you, are you kidding me? We're literally watching the technology take us and usher it in before your eyes. And you're saying, no, no, that stuff they're putting in their hand that they're using to buy and sell. No, that's not it. This happened back in the days before they even had it. Like, I, it is so uh, stupid, really. Really, it is. It is stupid. It's ignorant. But it, when you sit there and you show them the scripture and the technology and everything else, and you put it all together without twisting a single thing, all they can do is say, no, no, no. And, right. and Mason will make a valid point of Revelation and when it was written, because when they tell you those things, they tell you that, right? Mason, go ahead. Give me a little your piece on there. So these people, first of all, they're called preterists. They take a preterist worldview that... And Calvinists all, do the same thing. Yeah, and Calvinists very much uh, accept this doctrine. But when they say that the book of Revelation and those prophecies have come to fulfillment in 70 AD, this is the only thing you need to say to them. When was the book of Revelation written? And according to Revelation chapter 1, John the Beloved wrote Revelation on the island of Patmos. So then you have to ask yourself, when did John get exiled to the island of Patmos? And the historical documentation shows that did not happen until 95 AD, folks. Yeah, that's right. Dream shattered. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's an excellent point. So that's it. That's it. It's it's game over. Game and, over. And when I, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And, and the funny thing is that when I bring this up to some of these guys that hold that view, I always get this blank stare, like, oh, 
uh, and then I've, I've also run into some people like, well, we have reason to believe that it actually happened in 70 AD. I'm like, oh, and really? there's the because, lie. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and then there's the that's, lie. That's literally, pulling, they just pulled out their scissors to cut that puzzle piece. Oh, wait, wait, let me trim it back in. Nope, 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 nope. We have reason to believe the historical record is not good. Yes. Yeah. So um, it, it's funny. And that's, that's all you have to do, folks. You just got to know that one piece. And the majority of them are going to look at you like, oh, wow. <laughs> that that is that it completely nukes the entire argument. And so. if you feel uncomfortable about trying to bring these things up to them, say, "Hey, I've got a great podcast I'd like you to listen to. Hey, I've got a ministry that I'd like to show you to, so that way you can learn more about your faith. Yeah, it's we not do- about proving who's right or who's wrong. It's about leading everybody to Christ. But not only through Christ you need to learn these things, but it's through making your Bible real. You are drawn nearer to Christ. So just say, "Hey, take a listen to these guys. I mean, they may not agree with you, but just see." how you guys can come to an agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah, and at the same time, you know, be prepared. I mean, there is such a thing, right, as willful ignorance. And you can take all kinds of evidence and pile it up. And actually, the other day when I was talking to this this guy, uh, he's in a Bitcoin forum, and we're talking about the coronavirus. And, you know, a bunch of these guys are just, you know, literally crapping their pants about it. And they're in total panic. And... And he's, he's putting up the numbers, and he's, like, saying it's a 60% fatality rate and all this stuff. I mean, like, first of all, 60%. Yeah, I know. I'm like, um, it's less than 2% at the moment. Uh, just, uh, no, it's not, you know. And literally, as he's going on, you got to calculate it. You should do the math, man, you know. And I'm thinking, like, obviously, math, statistics, science, this is not your strong suit. And I'm not actually even sure what might be at this point. Understanding you can't under- even calculate the basic percentage of something. I'm like, so I sent him the link from the science community how they calculate the fatality rate. But even someone that doesn't know that, they should just think. I, I, all I, I mean? did was give them the real, this is how you calculate it. Now put the numbers in the equation. He refused to read <laughs> the link, would not read it, kept giving his, his, his formula for calculating it, which, again, was completely wrong. And even his percentage was wrong. I don't even know how he came up with the number 60%. he did. 60%. But, but as he's doing that, I'm like, this is totally wrong. And I'm like, and you're literally disregarding the entire equation, how it is set up for math, period. I'm like, like you're two plus two equals four, and you're saying, no, two plus two is six now, man. Um, Just like you said, <laughs> ignorance by choice. Yeah, it is. It's willful ignorance. And we're seeing that. Even from Christians right now, it just amazes me. Christians got their head in the sand in so many areas. And I always wonder, too, why are Christians so quiet? I mean, a, a, a bunch of wussies everywhere. Like, the enemy is so strong and so vocal, and Christians sit there, and I'm like, oh, let's just let it out. I'm supposed to be humble. Yeah, yeah. You be humble, but take the word to the street. If your enemy's over there clanking and shouting with their armor, um, put your armor on and stand up. Don't shut up. Amen. My goodness gracious, Amen. folks. We got to get the word out. We don't have much time. And, and James, you said this very early on. Even before you had gotten saved, your heart was starting to change. And you said, dude, our jobs, our careers, it don't matter. Like, if, if this if, is if, true. That's, exactly, that's literally what he said. He said, if this is true, we don't have time, man. Like we we need to get moving, and that was just that was like whatever. We're we standing in a parking lot. You know, and Jesus was even saying that while he was telling everybody, he's saying, "Hey, time is short." And he was just two two thousand years ago, but he knows how quick time goes by. And yeah, I can attest to that. In in your lifetime, your your time goes by really quick. I mean, think about it. It's been a month into the new year. It was a freaking blink of an eye. It it you know what? This is how the new world order the people that are the powers behind the world operate and it's been exposed so very well this year because throughout this entire month of january we have seen 
life shattering, you know, universe altering event after event. You know, we first it was we're gonna go into World War Three, and then it was uh, uh, the, uh, the Australia Australia forest fires, and then it was the coronavirus, and now we got Kobe Kobe uh, Kobe's death. And everything, and it's just one. It's just one event. We shouldn't add that in there. Oh, God, but it's over it. now. I know. I know. Well, you know what? That's the insanity well, behind that, it, though. Yes. Yeah, so if that, you're watching, like I, I, men are getting tattoos on them. Okay. Of Kobe's face. Kobe, Kobe mantra, whatever on their arms or whatever, and some guys that I know that are Christians that did it, and I'm thinking, I'm like. My goodness, you have idolized this man you to are, the point where you've idol. given him real estate yep. on your body. Shame on you. I know. Like, what are you doing? You I want to see more real estate for Christ on you. If you're gonna if you're gonna tattoo yourself up, the least you could do is tattoo it with the person who owns you. Right? God. God paid the price for you, bro. Like just Amen. get get it straight. I, and that's the only reason why I bring up the Kobe thing is because I have so many friends that have immortalized this guy. And anyways, I'm just gonna skip over it. So anyways, <laughs> It's because it just it's just so stupid to me. It's just like it's ridiculous. So yeah, we won't talk about his record. I mean, it would have been record. <laughs> so so we've seen like uh, one event after another, and all it is, folks, is fear and trauma programming. It's programming. Yep. That, listen, in order for the uh, for the leaders of the world, the real leaders, not the ones that you see on TV that are elected, that are. Elected officials. I'm talking about the people that own those elected officials. In order for them to keep power on this world, they need to keep you in a constant state of animal-like reaction. How do they do that? By keeping you in fear and in trauma. And because in when anger, you, fear, and, and, and anger, trauma, and uninformed, and in anger. yeah, yeah uninformed. and uninformed. And they've they've done a great job doing that. All every person with two eyes can see. That the media does not want to tell you the truth. They don't care about telling you the truth. It's about pushing a narrative that they get from their higher ups, and their higher ups get from and it makes another money. higher up. They and want it makes what money. sells. Yep. That's it's a, at the end of the day, they want they want the ratings. They'll stand in there and, and quote something wrong just to be the first to say something. You know, and you in the Bible talks about that. A, sp- a fool speaks quickly. Right. Um, James, you had mentioned you were wanting to talk about the the verse that says "nation against nations," and I just wanted yes. to make sure yes. you had your, your your voice on that. Yeah. Coming back to the Matthew 24, yes. Um, uh, so right after Jesus told us all about YouTube, um, <laughs> he went on to uh, say, uh, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So, you know, a lot of people are spouting off all the time about Armageddon and all these other things. Yes, there's going to be some more big wars. Uh, there are wars at this present time going on all over the globe. And rumors of wars. And rumors of wars all over the globe. It's constant into the uh, uh, news headlines. Uh, but he also said, be not troubled. So, you right. know, hey, don't yeah, worry, don't worry about, about it. it. You know, so, and he didn't really dwell on that very much. He went on to say, though, that nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. So uh, he summed everything up right there as a little um, a section of prophecy that wait a uh, minute, you know, it would happen in a certain time at the end times. Are you saying that global warming isn't real and it's prophetic? <gasps> it is. Uh, it it, it, <laughs> it could is. Be. It is right there. Right there, he says all these pestilence, all these things are going on. He said, "What? It's the beginning of sorrows." Right. So what he said, we're, we're literally in the beginning of it right now. Right? Okay. And so uh, as when he when he said uh, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, that's the uh, a revolution you're seeing worldwide right now. I mean, 
many countries, uh, according to the internet and the news on the internet, uh, there's at least 47 countries that have witnessed a surge in civil unrest. That's a that's a headline. Um, Hong Kong, uh, right here, they're trying to you know get things going in Virginia with the gun thing. You know, it's like they're trying to start a revolution. Yep. <laughs> um, you have uh, activists in Russia. Uh, you got protesters burning the headquarters of uh, Iraqi Hezbollah, you know, and uh, you got protests in uh, I mean, is, Iraq and Iran. Are those Hong Kong protests still going on? Like, are, are they still Kong, prevalent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong, uh, Chile. Um, it's everywhere. Lebanon, Algeria. Uh, what's this place here? Uh, well, that's Iraq. Uh, more, uh, Colombia. I mean, it's just, you know, Rampant. nation after nation. And like I said, the one headline here is just 47 countries that's witnessing a surge in civil unrest. And, you know, we've been watching this going on for a few years. Don't forget that Jesus said, Matthew 24, this is the beginning of sorrows. So we're going to witness all this stuff, it, not only as the beginning of sorrows, but also as a sign of his return, because he started off telling them what the signs of his return is to look for. So um, we're now witnessing revolution and protest around the world like never before. I mean, this never has happened on the earth to before. To this scale ever, no. Not even on a small portion of this scale. Just, just, no, it just hasn't really happened. You didn't have a bunch of protesters uh, rising up against Rome and, you know, <laughs> not paying the price for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or anything like that, or against Babylon or any other world uh, civilizations we've had. You know, it's only happening now on the scale that it's happening now. Yeah, and the one thing I always like to point out, or everybody likes to point out, is is the word pestilence. Um, yes, a lot of people view that as something like the coronavirus, a sort of some bug, some disease, but it's not just that. It's also in, in the Webster Dictionary something that is destructive in general. It doesn't have to be just a, a, a nasty disease that can kill many or make many sick. It, it can be a, a many different things. And he says on top of that, not only pestilence, but earthquakes. And I mean, there's just so many things that are going to happen that start it. I love that. That start it. And that's really where we're at. Yep. I'd like to point out, too, with the earthquakes part that uh, the word volcano doesn't seem to appear at all in the Bible anywhere. Oh. But I am positive that he was including that with the earthquakes. Because whenever you have a, a volcano, you actually do have earthquakes. They may not be considered earthquakes but they are earthquakes and they're usually just a little bit smaller they're not the ground splitting type but you feel them and so while uh, uh right now we have you know dozens of volcano activity going on in all different countries and those yeah. random ones too it's like we didn't even know it was going to blow up we thought if it was going to it was going to be active in a hundred right, years and then know. all such boom, it's so like, what the? his his last words on That's that, that there's your pestilence yeah. too with that you know his last words on that verse uh 24 7 were in diverse places these things are happening all in different places different countries different landmass you know it's not just all over here in canada or the u.s or mexico it's all of them and then uh i know puerto rico's really been getting its butt kicked man yeah puerto rico's had quite a few yeah (laughs) pestilences they're on the same fault line as haiti yeah would you consider the the wars and nation against nation would you would you consider that an active war zone like we consider today or would you also say just like government against government like how we have the mexican Uh, and the u.s they're two separate things he that's why he separated them because he said the wars and rumors of wars and then he says don't worry about those because the end's not yet and then he went 
on to nation say, against nation. Na- shall rise so it's not nation. just killings. It's yes, di- political. It's dis- yes, it's political disagreements. When a nation rises against a nation, yeah, yep. you know, it's not necessarily a war. war. It's right. a yeah. protest. Yep. yep, agreed. Agreed. Yep, yep. Very good. Because we have this this big border wall that's needing to be constructed, or, or everybody wants to have constructed. The U.S. is disagreeing about that, but then it also you've got Mexico that's fighting against the U.S. about that. You've got the U.N. That's it's just that's why I think. By the way, this entire wall building is never going to happen. You know where the funds will go though to oh. the high to the high frequency oh, they're RFID always skimming. They're they'll, always skimming. They'll, they'll finish the wall. <laughs> yeah. They'll finish the wall. Remember, it's not to keep people out; it's to keep you in. Right. Well, I also think that. That, oh, that's these, scary. that these fund that these funds are ultimately going to go into high, to more RFID programs. Oh yeah, well as soon as they cut, as soon as they stop cash, they just picked up billions of dollars for for all of it. Because mm-hmm. right now we spend billions of dollars a year fighting counterfeit cash. It's absolutely stupid. It's a very expensive and clunky. I mean, we constantly remake the plates and everything else, and constantly increase the technology in cash dollars. You can lose cash. Soon as <laughs> soon as we get rid of that. They're going to dump it all into cyber. But they've already been funneling most of the money in that direction anyways. Um, and j- it's just a matter of moments to say, all right, guys, are we done dealing with this clunky cash? Everyone's used to using their phones. We don't have to worry about the underbanked. Now we can, you know, their bank can be in their phone. Done deal. Finished. There you go. You know, I mean, so we're, we're there. Also, one more clue in that uh, 24-7 uh, that um, uh protest from war is he says nation rises against nation kingdom against kingdom he doesn't say nation rises against kingdom and kingdom against nation so mm. he, he's kind of telling you this nation is against itself this kingdom is against itself mm, uh, yeah okay yeah uh, wow i love it when when it's described like that it's really just opens it up and, and, and gives it a whole new breath mm-hmm. not to mention over in the middle east as well a lot of those are kingdoms versus being nations as well right. so it was like just in case you were trying to differentiate, <laughs> let me just go ahead and include. <laughs> you know? I already know what they're going to be called, so let me just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me just fill yep. those out. So yep. absolutely. I mean, do we have anything else that we wanted to touch on before we, we call it the end of the episode by chance? Um, oh, persecution. I know, I know, Dad. You were mentioned. There's a lot of Christian persecution going on, and that that ties in right because after you hear. Uh, in verse 7, right, nation against the kingdom against kingdom, literally in verse 9, right. when it says, these are the beginning in verse 8, and then it says, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and you should be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So as you see these going, Christians, you're on the list, okay? It's, that's not the, 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 the atheist that's being hated. It is you. The VIP okay? list. <laughs> you. And, and, you know, when you get into um, Revelation as well, and just let me reiterate, because this is really, 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 really important for you to understand. If you haven't yet, read through Matthew 24, and then go read right through Revelation. It's it's the same thing. It's just that Jesus basically like precursored it. It was the intro to the book of Revelation. Yes, it definitely is. The seals all the way up to the fifth seal. I would say we're in up to the fifth seal yeah. right now, because the... Uh, the persecution of Christians is another big headline in the internet these days. And if you look at it and see what's going on, more Christians are being killed now than ever. I mean, Rome has nothing on the amount of Christians being murdered in these other countries. And somehow Satan keeps it really quiet, quiet. on it's the a, mainstream it's, it's media. It's the beast. It's the beast. He's over there going, shh, yeah. don't tell anybody. Jonathan, what were you going to pull on? So, so I was going to tell you, Christians, you know, as you read in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
The only people in the world that have the testimony of Jesus Christ are Christians, folk. Okay, so you're being oh, sought out, right, by the devil himself, right? And this is, that's where it talked about, that's where the woman, you know, she has a place in the wilderness prepared ahead of time. Okay, that's ultimately what, what saves her with the Lord, uses the, the earth. So there's protection, but she's being sought out, and it's the remnant. And you can say, well, is that the other Jews? No, 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 no. That, I can show you other scriptures on there as well. That We are the remnant. Now, we are counted as his seed, as his people. Um, and there's several verses that confirm that. But here it says, those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That is Christians, okay? And then you go further in chapter, then move into, because that was 12, verses 17. Then you go into 13, uh, verses 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Okay, so overcoming is going to happen. Understand that. So multiple things telling you in these end times that you're going to be chased, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be hunted. Why? Well, aren't you those crazy Christians that, uh, you know, say to uh, keep the testimony of Jesus and, you know, you're telling us about our sin and our problems. So we're not the problem. You're the problem. And we need to get rid of Christians. And I, and I heard that on the mainstream news this year that Christians are our problem. We need to make prayer illegal. All kinds of just crazy stuff I couldn't believe. I was Freedom of religion. And, and now I'm going, they're, they're speaking of that persecution already, you know. The Germans did it the same way. The Jews are a problem. We need to get rid of them. And then you had the Holocaust. So, you know, the, the, the Christians are next, folks. The if Christians can, are next. If you cannot say that that can't happen, you just point right back to World War II. <laughs> you point right back I to I mean, history. I just, like, my eyes just freaking widened, like, three times. Because I was like, I was literally thinking to myself, that'd be really hard to pull off. And then I'm like, wait. <laughs> yeah, they just did it. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even just the Jews, too. It's happened with Armenians. It's happened with people all over the if, world. Christians, I'm going to tell you, too, if, if you're wondering... How quick that can happen? Have you ever tried street preach, street preaching? You want to see? I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for the death penalty, they would burn you in the street right there. Because you walk into people and warn them about Christ coming or talk about turning from your sin and repenting. I'll tell you what. They'll turn on you like a pack of wolves so fast and understand they don't want to hear anything from you whatsoever. So understand as a, as a global scale, they want to push you out. So just keep that in mind. You know, you've got to be strong physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, um, and be surrounded, be, be well-yoked with Christians, brothers, and sisters. And, and it's crazy because the nation itself is turning away from the First Amendment, which is freedom of religion. Oh, yeah. They're turning away from all of it. They're turning away from the Ten Commandments. They're turning away from the original writings of the Founding Fathers and the fact that freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And the churches are joining in with it, isn't it? Just like the great falling away is spoken of. you got churches now that are, what is it? uh, I think recently it's the the Methodists, the big split going on because they want to approve of homosexuality and same-sex marriage and all that. I've got a guy, and he's been in his church for, what, 42 years. He's an old dude. Uh, wonderfully well-spoken, knows the Bible. He literally was was tears in his eyes because he had to leave his church of 42 years because they left what God said was wrong, was an abomination, and now they're teaching that it's fine. And, and he said, it's time to go. This church is no longer a godly church. The devil is here. He is, he is at the front of the room. And that's the great falling away. And mind you, the Bible says, if this does not happen, the end shall not come. That's one of the other stipulations that must happen. And we're watching it happen all over. Churches are just folding, leaving the word of God. Now turning it into a fable, right? The the commandments of men, the rudiments of the world, and turning their ears away from the truth of the word, right? Making it into a fable. And we're seeing that happen right now at the church level. So I can tell you, you might say, well, I go to church every Sunday. Listen, 
I'll tell you, it drives me nuts to sit in church and I look all over and I see a bunch of people, not a Bible out, not a book open, not a highlighter in hand, (laughs) sitting there thinking that the man at the front, and I'm going to tell you right now, you think the man at the front or the woman at the front has all the answers. Uh, 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 uh. They got some answers all right. The question is, you don't read in your Bible to even be able to verify. I I challenge everybody. You may feel, you may even feel intimidated. Open your Bible, get a notebook, take some notes, and meditate. Get your Bible I'm not talking like humming in, in your room. I'm talking thinking <laughs> about it, praying about it, meditating on what the pastor has said, and challenging it in your own mind. That's what church is for. And you also see, even just in a smaller spectrum, I had said this the other day, that churches nowadays, all they do is just keep Christians on somewhat the right path. Right. They're no longer... They're no longer helping someone that is that is turned away from the church coming to Christ. It's very much so. You're you're a part of Christ. Great. Let me just keep on pumping this into you. And they're no longer helping new Christians, and which is almost just like the devil's plan. It's very quietly. I'm not going to have any new Christians. I'm just going to keep on feeding all these old Christians, and then that way, eventually, they're just going to die out. <laughs> and it is, and that's why I find when I talk to people, is like oh, I don't learn anything when I go there. Well, they're talking to me like I already believe in Christ and God and all that. And that's the messages that are coming across. You know, it's great. There was this Jesus guy, you know, and he did this or that, but I don't believe that yet. Like I'm trying to learn something that maybe will make the Bible come to life. And I'm not saying do that every single time. I'm saying change it up, change it up, but also get to the tangibles folks. Pastors out there. I encourage you. Remember prophecy edifies the church. It makes you valid. It makes you valid. Speak on the prophecy. And for new believers, this is powerful for them. For them, that's what brings them in. The Bible says it. Read that. What is it? The Corinthians 14. And read in there. It talks about it with tongues. And it talks about prophecy in there. It's important to know that, listen, if they can see it coming and happening, it becomes a life to them in a certain way. And that's part, again, with affinity, you know, I uh, I understand, you know, every Sunday message can't be this way or that way, but at the same time, you know, 52 weeks out of the year of just being the, you know, be good, don't be bad and sort of messages is not hitting home to the people that are not believers that make, make your believers feel warm and fuzzy inside. But I'm going to tell you right now, they're not supposed to be at church to feel warm and fuzzy. They're supposed to be out in the world saving souls. And they're not leaving the church with the knowledge to even do it. Because you can take a Christian who's been going to your church for 30 years, put them out on the street, and they will fail miserably from a rookie person that's a rookie atheist, a rookie agnostic, whatever, and will blow them apart because they don't know how to make the Bible come to life. And that's what people need today more than anything. They need empirical evidence, right? Like, you know, we talk about signs and wonders and whatever else. They really need you to, to bring the Bible out and say, okay, listen, man. This is happening and this is coming. Watch for it. And by the way, let's talk about that creation. Let's talk about the science and those things too. And that's where, you know, Mason is perfect getting that that beginning phase to people. Let me make the beginning of the Bible real for you. And let me get the science behind that with you. And then we come in and we bring in the other later half in the prophecy of the Bible and say, now look, Jesus is real, bro. You see, we already showed you this. This is the real deal. And I'm telling you right now, imagine this big ocean of people that is flowing over this edge. The lake of fire is down there, okay? Now, keep in mind, that was never there in the beginning. In the beginning, there was no lake of fire. It was Adam, it was Eve, and we were meant to live forever with God and walk with him. And the Bible says that when they sinned, they brought death into the world. At that, po- at that point, the devil knew, if I can trick them to want to be like God and they disobey God, I already know it's going to open the lake of fire, the abyss. 
and the sea of people will begin to flow into it. Literally imagine a sea of people flowing over edge into a fiery abyss, okay? Literally, and the devil is laughing because, ha ha, I'm taking your best creation, God, the one you love so much, you know, love more than us, and it's go- uh, I've got him going right in the dumpster right now. It's like a bad movie. <laughs> and, and guess what? So God says, oh, okay, well, I'm going to send Jesus. Jesus is standing across that gulf, you know, if you will, that fixed gulf. And he's got his hands out like this. And all you have to do is reach forward and say, I, I believe on you. Save me, Jesus. Right there. He is right there. And you know what? It's funny how many people are literally staying in the sea, going over the edge in the lake of fire. They'll slap his hand. Slapping his hand as they go by, like, get that away from me. I don't want that. Like, literally, that's how ignorant it is in this process. So I encourage you to change your heart, change your soul, learn the word, soak into the podcast, soak into the videos, and start getting spiritually strong because you're going to need it. But understand that Christ is the only way out. He's the only gift that's been given. He's not the bad guy, right? God is not the bad guy because the devil didn't give you a way out. He showed you the way right. He, he opened the highway to hell, right? The stairway to heaven comes from Jesus. Highway to hell comes from the devil, and it is wide. The, the stairway to heaven is narrow, but Jesus is there. It's an easy walk. You won't get tired going up, and I promise that. So understand the difference about what the deception is going on in this world. Uh, at the end of the day, Everything that God projects in his Bible, his commandments, his rules, you might think it's hard. Or it's otherwise, it's really not. His, his rules are few. It's everyone else that added to it to make up a bunch of stuff that makes it hard. It, it doesn't exist. Stick to the word. It's pretty simple, right? Love. Love. Forgive. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I mean, that's it. And then go out and tell others because it's your job. Mm-hmm. Not to save souls. Although I always say, let's go save some souls today, right? You're not saving any souls. I can't save any souls. But what I can do is I can plant seeds. I'm a farmer for God. That's all I am. And a witness. And a witness, right? I'm, I am. I'm here to tell you what he's done for me. I mean, he has spared my life twice, blindness once. So I, I've got testimonies, and it's funny. I always forget about them sometimes, uh, you know, whether it be the, my, my ATV accident when I was 12, 13, whether it would be the, the, the golf ball to the eye. The, the, the doctor said I would never see out of again, and I see better than, than most people I know all day yeah, you long. You've got better vision than and, I do. And, and wrecking my motorcycle at 160 miles an hour. So, and you can all listen to that in episode one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So God is good is what I'm telling you. He's not your enemy. He's your friend, and you gotta you got to warm up to that and develop that relationship. It's super easy. Just uh, you, your heart has to be there for it. And the question is, is where are you investing your time? Awesome. So, so are we, are we want to close in prayer then? Anybody else have anything else to add at all? No, uh, just that it's a real blessing for me to be here. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh look at you. You don't to have to say my, that. To see my son and my grandson yeah. holding up the banner for God and seeking the truth and uh, trying to spread the knowledge and witnessing of, of who he is. I thank you so much is. for coming in. We all thank you. As soon as he said, we're going to invite you, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, and, and we also thank you for, for giving us a cool idea how to uh, turn our mics here a little bit there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he comes in and changes the whole setup. We just yeah. did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I do. I think it's cool. Um, so yeah, let's, let's pray real quick. Um, Father in heaven, in Jesus' holy name, we thank you so much for the time right here, right now, to be able to reach the world, literally reach the world with with podcasts, to take your word and to have an open discussion and, and to be able to just hopefully soften the hearts and change the minds of people and realize that the Bible is real. You are coming soon. We don't have, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Kobe knows that. There's a lot of people, and that's just Kobe. There's more people that died on that day than you can imagine. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Don't put it off. You're going to get in your car and drive somewhere today. You better be safe. If you ain't right with the Lord, you 
better. Be careful. You don't have time, so I'm encouraging you right now. Give your life to the Lord. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's baby steps. You don't need to know everything to get started. You just need to know that he loves you, and he's your only way out of that abyss. Amen. He's your only way. His hand's out. It's not hard. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. And I know you might be thinking, I'm lost. I'm, I'm just messed up. I've done so many horrible things in my life. That's why he was sent. Because it took his sacrifice, his bloodshed, to wipe your sin away. And he said, I paid for it already. It's already paid. You're going to walk away from this? Oh, I got the VIP pass. I paid for it for you. Don't walk away from that pass. You will live for a lifetime, eternity with regret. We pray for you in your heart today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. It's it's always a pleasure to have you with us. It's always It's always amazing that you support us in everything that we do. So just God bless. Thank you so much for this day, Lord, and thank you so much for listening like always. My name is James, signing off, and we hope to hear you next time.